0: Welcome to Compare To Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. But God, in His grace, He showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free, too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you need to know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four elementary age kids. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and a blogger at comparedtohu.me. And you just may have seen my epic bake fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and tell a friend about it. Welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. My name is Heather Creekmore, and I am so glad that you're listening. This is season two of the podcast, and it has been a little while since season one came out, and I'm sorry for those of you that have written me saying, when's season two coming? I'm sorry it's been so long. It's been a crazy couple of months for me personally. We lost my aunt in March to cancer, and then my mother-in-law's husband, my husband's stepfather passed away uh, again with cancer in May. So we've been dealing with a lot of loss, uh, a lot of grieving. We just moved to Austin as a family last year about this time. And so we're still adjusting to the change of living in a new place. And anyway, it's just been a lot. This ministry isn't a full-time job for me, although I love every opportunity that I have to speak and to write and to talk with people like you about the topic of comparison and body image and all those things that get in the way of us really living a free life. The other thing I've been working on this summer is I finished my second book, my new book on the topic of comparison should be coming out next summer. So I've been busy working on that and the early readers have given me some awesome feedback and I can't wait to tell you all more about that during this season and the season to come. But today in this first episode of Seasons 2 podcast, I want to talk about something that is really big in my heart and mind this time of year. It's, we're in the fall as I'm recording this. Kids in our area in Texas go back to school this Thursday. And everyone that I know is excited because fall is kind of a time when we set new rhythms, right? We get back into routine. And if you're like me, the beginning of the school year, when the season changes from summer to fall, that's the time when I start planning and plotting how I'm going to make my life so much better. Okay, if you're Like me, like this is the time of year when you're going to start doing all the things, like all the things that I really wanted to be doing last year and the year before and the year before that, like all of those goals and dreams I have for myself. I determine in my heart and in my head that this will be the year. This fall, this is my fresh start. I'm actually gonna do them. I'm actually gonna be organized. I'm gonna exercise every day. I'm gonna only eat healthy foods and I'm definitely gonna cut out sugar and this time it's gonna last forever. I'm gonna spend lots of time reading my Bible and praying and I'm not gonna look at Facebook or spend too much time on Netflix, like all the things, right? Maybe you can relate. Self-improvement becomes my crutch, friends. And more than that, too often I'd say self-improvement becomes my idol. Now, if you're new to this podcast, or if we haven't met before, you haven't read my book, then this may sound super weird. And I get that. So let me explain just a little bit and then encourage you to go back and listen to episodes one and two of the podcast. I heard that some listeners said they were kind of hard to find, so I went back and I clearly marked them. They're available now on iTunes or whatever subscription service you use to listen to podcasts, but those episodes are there, and in those episodes, I really flesh out what I mean by this concept of modern-day idolatry, what an idol is to us here in this in this era, and this culture that we live in. But for now, let me explain it like this. An idol is something that we believe can offer us salvation that isn't Jesus. Now, intellectually, we know it's not a real heaven versus hell for all of eternity kind of salvation that our idol offers, but, and this is important to hear my friends, we do believe on some level that these idols can offer us relief from our struggles on earth. Let me give you an example. I believed for decades that having a better, and to me, Better meant thinner. I know it's different across cultures what better means. But to me, having a better body, a thinner body, I believe that would make the hard parts of my life easier. And thus, it would result in a closer to quote unquote heaven on earth kind of experience. For me, that self-improvement idol flares up every August. And it promises me the same thing. It tells me that my life will be better when I can become more perfect, right? And for me, it's like perfectly organized, the mom who has it all together, who gets it all done and it shows, like that type of mom. Do you ever have this issue? Now, like I said earlier, I just wrote a book on comparison and in it, I talk about something that I like to call idealism. The funny thing about what happens to me in the fall is I can so easily fall back into the habit, the pattern of chasing the ideal me, which really is a problem with comparison. So let me flesh that out for you a little bit. You see, when you think about comparison, we often think about comparing ourselves to someone else. Like maybe you're comparing yourself to a person you know, a celebrity, someone who really exists in real life. Now, truth is, when you compare yourself to that person, you are, of course, only really comparing yourself to what you believe you know about that person but you compare yourself to the image you've built of them. Perhaps then you try to keep up or be more like them as you play in comparison silly game of tag where you chase comparison, you think you've got it and then it says you're it and you keep chasing some more. You see, idealism is tricky because the person who wrestles idealism can honestly say that they aren't comparing themselves to other people. Instead, what they're doing is they're just comparing themselves to the self that they want to be. They don't care what other people are doing. They just have this deep drive within that tells them they should do better, be better. They feel as if they aren't meeting their own standards of how they should look, act, or perform. And friends, that's why idealism is so harmful to so many women. Because most of what happens doesn't happen out loud. It happens in our heads. It's a mind game of hearing taunts like, you should work harder, or I can't believe you let yourself gain that weight or you really wanted to be a better mom, it's a shame you can't just discipline yourself enough to do that. Idealism, which for a lot of us couples with perfectionism, is really just another way we get caught in the trap of comparison. Let me tell you when this happens most for me. It's when I hear my children go to the pantry for a snack. Okay, follow me here. You see, I have these big plans of making incredible, natural, organic snacks for my children. The ideal me, she goes to Costco and she buys 80 pounds of fruits and vegetables. And she cleans them and she cuts them and she puts them in nice neat containers in the refrigerator so her children can grab healthy snacks whenever they want them. But friends, all I can manage to do week to week is buy boxes of granola bars and bags of chips. I mean, I buy the veggies and the fruit too, and they normally get cut and used right before they're about to go bad. I've never, not one time, cut and stored fruits and vegetables ahead of time. This makes me feel like a failure. Now, to you, this may not sound like a huge mom fail, but to me, friends, This is something that I have designated in my heart and my head as ideal mom behavior. It's a value I've adopted and hold way too tightly to that awesome moms prepare healthy snacks for their kids and I fail because I just can't get there no matter what I resolve to do. Now, your struggle may be different. It may be with the scale. You may believe that ideal moms never miss an aerobics class and can still wear their pre-pregnancy jeans. Or maybe you believe that ideal moms never get frustrated with their kids while you struggle with staying patient. We can set up a whole host of standards and qualities that we attribute to this ideal. And then when we allow ourselves, we can get beat up by the voices in our head that say, hey, look, you let everyone down again. You aren't anywhere close to being your ideal. Too bad. That's such a shame you can't be better. Why don't you try harder? What's your problem? It sounds mean, right? But I think if most of us are honest, that's kind of what the conversation sounds like in our head sometimes, right? It is kind of mean. So let's bring this back around to the fall and change and self-improvement. How do we actually try to get better without falling into the trap of chasing our ideal self? And that's what we're going to talk about right after this break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen
1: up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: Been bogging you down for too long. It's time to get free, my friend. Go to, compare to who.me. take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to, to who.me. There's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today right after this episode, of course. So before the break, we were talking about how not to fall into the trap of chasing our ideal self, but still finding a way to establish new rhythms this fall. Here's how I think we do it. First, we have to realize that when we idealize, we idolize. I'm going to say that one more time because those two words sound really similar, and I want to make sure you hear the distinction. When we idealize... We idolize. Friends, those ideals we have, they're just a collection of many idols that we keep in our hearts. We believe at some level we're probably not even conscious of that if we could just do more or be more like our ideal, then we'd feel freer, more peaceful, more joyful. Or we believe that if we could just settle into our ideal then we could rest. But the truth about ideals, because they are idols, is they never let us rest. They never give us a break. You will never be able to do enough to keep these ideals happy. They grow and they morph and they demand more and more from you. You lose a few pounds, the amount you said you'd be happy with, and those ideal idols say, you should keep going, this feels good. Or you get organized in a way that's functional and those ideal idols say, don't stop with your closet and kitchen, organize the whole house. Then you get the whole house done and those ideal idols drive you to drive everyone in your house crazy when you become an absolute maniac over keeping everything perfectly in place just like you had it. You see, when we start chasing our ideal idols, they don't let us go. Idols are demanding and all-consuming. They ask us to worship them. Okay, it's not like singing songs to them, as you may think about worship traditionally, but they ask us to give them our best, give them our time, our energy, our money. They shift our focus subtly off of serving and loving God and others and onto ourselves and really serving ourselves. Because in most cases, why are we trying to become more like our ideals? Well, it's to make ourselves happy, right? Right. It's those things we classify as personal goals that drive us the most. And those are the areas where we are most tempted to go all in and put all of our other priorities out of whack. So, is it wrong to try to improve yourself? Absolutely not, friends. If you know you need to start getting more sleep every night, do it. If you know you need to lose a few pounds to be healthier, try it. It's absolutely not wrong to try to tweak your habits and rhythms to improve But this is a big but. Here's the thing. If you want to improve, if you want to meet some of your goals, make healthy changes in your life, you will be most successful. You'll have the best chance at long-term success if you remember these two things. Number one, your priorities need to be in proper order. And number two, your heart's motivation needs to not be idolatrous. Okay, let me flesh those out. The first one, let's start by talking about priorities. And let me just tell you what happens for me personally. What happens is I set a new goal. Let's say it's to lose a few pounds and it consumes my life, okay? Suddenly I'm all in on the weight loss track and I can focus barely on anything else. I stop meditating on scripture and start meditating on how many calories I've consumed or when my next workout will be. But I can only sustain this for like two weeks, like 17 days tops, that's it. Then I'm out of energy. I've poured my whole life for two weeks into my goal. And though my goal isn't complete yet, I'm out of steam. Other things in my life that commanded my attention that I tried to push off in order to focus on my goal, they've gone out of control. And now it takes so much energy to get the rest of my life back in order that I dropped my weight loss goal and I beat myself up because once again, I failed. Here's what I've learned. When my priorities are out of whack, I'll never meet any of my self-improvement goals only healthy way for me to tweak my life is to do it within the context of doing what's most important first. Now, for me personally, this looks like making sure that my relationship with God is in order. Am I doing what he's asked me to do? Am I spending time reading his word and praying every day? Am I in church? Am I in community with other believers? Am I growing in him? Am I serving him? The temptation may be to put these things aside so we can reach our goals. And truth is, when you only have 30 minutes in the morning, you're trying to lose weight. That temptation is real to spend that time exercising and, you know, quote unquote, worry about time with God later. But friend, let me encourage you. The best way to create a new sustainable habit is to do it with Jesus' help. Get your relationship with God solid and start growing in it. And then allow him to inform and help you with the rest of your personal goals. The life of a Christ follower is a life of surrender. Jesus asks us to pick up our cross daily. The person who loses his life for Christ's sake will gain it, the Bible tells us. If our priority is self, self-improvement loving ourselves more whatever it may be if our priority is self it will never satisfy us in the way we want it to and we'll always struggle in god's kingdom we find the peace rest and joy we crave only when we surrender self for what jesus asks of us the second thing to check after you check your priorities is to check your why what's your motivation for self-improvement why do you want to reach that goal I found that many times if my self-improvement goal is to make myself look better, I run out of energy to stick with it. For example, if the reason why I want to lose weight is so I can look hot and everyone at church will notice and say, wow, you look so good. That's not a motivation that will help me be successful in the long run. It's selfishness. I desire to please myself and my body image idol. And even if I lose a little bit of weight at first, I'll probably gain it all back eventually because self-focus is always a dead end. But if I can keep my eyes fixed on Jesus, if my priority, and I'm not talking lip service here, if I can really get my heart to a place where I sincerely want to serve and live for him, and then I want to lose weight because I know it would be healthier for me, or I know that I'll have more energy to serve him if I can have a healthier body, then That's a motivation that I believe is sustainable. Inside properly aligned priorities, God will honor that and he'll help me do the things I need to do to meet that goal. My friend Jen from Heaven Not Harvard blog, she read my first book, Compared to Who? And then she kind of started applying these principles. She stopped the cycle of crash dieting and instead tried to keep her focus on Jesus and remembering him as her first priority. She ended up losing weight through the process. I'll add a link to the blog post where she tells about her year long journey and how she gradually lost weight after reading the book and just kind of remembering to keep her priorities straight in all of this. So what are your goals for this fall? Is it weight loss? Have you again said to yourself the diet starts tomorrow? Are you gearing up to try it one more time? And maybe it's some other part of your life. Maybe you're wanting to be more scheduled or do meal planning or watch less Netflix or be more intentional during the week with your time with your kids. Whatever it may be, let me encourage you. Take some time today, this week, and stop and surrender these goals. Tell Jesus what you want and be honest about why. And then just lay it down. If you feel convicted of improper motives or if he shows you areas where ideals have become idols, confess these quickly, repent, and ask him to help you crush these idols right away. Then go forward in forgiveness. Start fresh with a new dose of God's grace and ask him to help you live in a new way. You see, the thing is, friends, I think God put within us that longing for self-improvement. We just confuse it. Like we all know that we're broken, but too often the self-improvement longing is just us wanting to fix ourselves, fix our own brokenness instead of letting Jesus heal it. He wants us to grow and change. God calls it sanctification. But when we do it with him instead of without him, we will always be successful. Thanks so much for listening to this episode today. I hope it will help you as you start your fall and try to achieve whatever goals it is you had in mind for this new season. Join me in the next episode when we'll talk about self-love. See you there.
1: Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey.
0: God's Word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.